Okay. So when I was a young Christian, um, not long, probably six months or so saved, uh, who's got saved recently, you know, like in the last year, let's say, just put your hand up. Yeah. Incredible, incredible, incredible. Amen, 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 amen. Awesome. Okay. And um, has anyone noticed that obviously you, there's tough stuff that goes on with walking with Jesus? Of course there is. But has anyone noticed that when you pray, like just things happen? Yeah. When you get saved, you're like, oh my gosh, this whole thing works. This Jesus thing works. I pray, stuff happens. And that was what it was like um, when I got saved. And it's like it for many, many people that, that um, we kind of just connect with God. And then we just, it's, I think it's not so much that God is answering our prayers more than he ever has. I think it's just that we're acknowledging that he is. And, um, and we're seeing that he is. But it just, it just feels like every time we, do, we pray something, something happens. Or we, we want something and, we, and it just uh, is provided and um, so I was in that kind of zone. I was in that zone. So if you're in that zone, it's a cool zone to be. But I was in that zone where God was just doing things. I was seeing God move, and it was incredible. And um, it got to the point, I was at college, and my um, family, was, my mom and my stepdad were like, you need to get a job, okay? And I was like, okay. So I started applying for, for a job, looking for a job that would work around my college hours. And... Um, Apply for this job. I went for an interview. I got bought a nice suit. I wore a suit to it and everything. And um, and everything was perfect about it. It was the the job was linked to the course I was doing in college. Basically, is in 1996. So basically, I was doing a commute computing course because computers weren't really a thing at the time. Yeah. So if you imagine what I had to deal with, yeah, like I was learning about computers because they were going to be a thing of the future. That's how old I am. Okay. So. So I was at college learning about computers when they were just becoming computers. And, um, and I had this, went for this job, and it was like linked into that. And I thought, oh, wow, like, this would be brilliant. The days that I was working were exactly the days I had off college. I was like, this is a yes. God is going to do this. This is perfect. They said, you're brilliant. We love you. We'll get back to you. So it got to the day where I thought I was going to get the phone call. Phone call doesn't come. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, it's a bit weird. So I rang them, and I said, um, I said, hi, you know, I was the guy that, you know, you said that you're going to give the job to. They didn't say that, but that's what was in my head. And um, they said, yeah, we're really sorry. You were brilliant. But we're giving it to someone else who's got, who's actually done the job before. And we need them, we need someone like that to come in and do it quickly. And I was devastated. I was like, oh. it was my first kind of like, no. Like my, my, my first prayer that I had prayed, but it was my first no. It was almost like, oh, uh, God, I, you know, I thought we had a deal. You know, like I imagined it. And have an expectation, and then you do it. And it was like, up to that point, God was kind of meeting my expectations. And then suddenly, I was like, no, this is perfect, God. This is just, you know when you tell God how to answer a prayer? Is anyone, everyone's like, amen. You know when you're like, God, if you were to do it like this, then this could happen. And then this, it's like, God, come on. I think I've worked out for you. I've just done the easy work for you, the hard work for you. You could just do the easy work now. Just do this first thing. The chain of event will go on. We tell God how to do things. And um, that was kind of like where I was at. Anyway, I was devastated and, and I was like, okay. And then I rang my mom and I was like, I didn't get the job. And my mom was like, oh, that's useless. And um, she wasn't really like this, to be fair. But she was just that day, she was just like, maybe she had a bad day. But she was just like, yeah, that's useless. What are you going to do now? Uh, and I was like, oh, great. Thanks, just add to my nightmare. And um, so anyway, I, I finished on the phone to her. Um, like back then, it was phones that were connected to the wall. Yeah? You couldn't walk around with them or anything like that. You had to, and you had to do this thing. So you had to go like one. And you used to go. 
And then you go, three. That's how long. So if you had an emergency, like if someone was murdering you, you're done. There's no, you know, getting out of that. So yeah, that's back. That's how old I am. So anyway, I was on the phone and then I thought I, I, I couldn't drive. So I got on the bus. I was in a huff. I was angry with God. He didn't do what I, I'm like, now I've got stress from my family. There's all this thing going on. God, I told you, like, if you'd just done this, it would have been perfect. They would have loved me. You're like, all this stuff would have worked out. It would have been brilliant. And now it's not worked out. And I'm, I'm angry with you, God. And I was just angry with God. And I was on the bus and maybe swore at him a few times because I was a new Christian. So when you're a new Christian, it's all right. Okay. And, um, <laughs> but, but basically, like, and, and, and I was on the bus to town because that's where the job center I was signed up to was. Got to the job center in town. And I went around, looked for some jobs, couldn't find any jobs. Just went, whatever, like that, kind of. And then turned around, got on the bus, went back home. Because that's what, I, that's what I could do. That's what I could afford. Um, it was to use my bus pass. I didn't have any money or anything like that. Just my bus card, got on the bus, go to the job center, get on the bus, go home. I got home, I walked through the door. As I'm walking through the door, the phone is ringing. Pick up the phone, and it's another company. And they said, we got your CV. Um, we love... This is a Friday, it was actually. Um, we, we, we got your CV. Um, we love you to start job working on Monday. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool, thank you. Ran my mum, was like, ha, got a job. But you know what? To this day, I've regretted my actions. To this day, I regretted that, that anger towards God because... Even up until that point, I knew that I was saved. I knew I needed saving. So Jesus came into my life and saved me. I knew that he could do the impossible because he did it in me. He saved me. Then um, I knew that when I needed him, he just was always there. He provided for me. Even, if it was, even though it was like a six, six months about then, in that six months, he had never let me down. He, he was always there for me. And yet in this moment, when it didn't work out the way I wanted it, when it didn't meet my expectations, instead of me going, hang on a minute, God, not only have you saved me, but you have shown that you can provide. You've shown me that you can do things. You have, even in this short time I've had with you, you've never let me down. My mindset was that I actually just went angry because God didn't do it the way I wanted. And to this day, I regret it because even though I can tell you this story and we can have a laugh about it, the reality is I really wished I just rang my mom and said, you know what? I didn't get the job, but God's going to sort it out. God's going to sort it out. Can you imagine if I had done that? She'd be like, you're an idiot. You and your God. And I'd be like, phone just rang, got a job. Jesus is Lord. (laughs) Then I would have got grounded. But that's another point. (laughs) But that's, that's, that's to me, it's like, it's not a testimony where I get to show how I had faith. It's a testimony of God's grace over me despite the fact that I missed it. He did it, I missed it. The title of today's message is, He did it, you missed it. So let's read from verse one. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and had... Um, and, had, and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this. They behold, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments, angels basically. And then as they were afraid, they bowed their faces to the earth. And they said to them, why do you seek the living 
among the dead. God wanted me to tell you today that there are people here on Resurrection Sunday, that there are people here where you are seeking the living among the dead. You are trying to live in dead places. Places that are dead, places that will give you, um, will not feed you, will not encourage you, will not pour into you, but you are searching for life where there's death. And God is saying it's, it's time to stop rustling around and searching around in the trash, in the place of death, looking for life, because that's not where it is. Today, we got a chance. You have a chance. To choose life and to choose to be among the living, not to sit in death, not to hang around the things that would just pour death into you. Why do you seek the living among the dead? We all do this. If you're here and you're a Christian, you've definitely done this. You start a life with Jesus, and new life comes, and then he sets you free, and you start walking away from the things that, that were causing you damage, places of death, and for some crazy, strange reason, because we're human beings, we turn around, and we start rummaging around in the pit, and in the death, and in the junk, and in the bin of the stuff that actually was damaging us, destroying us, but equally, hello, is anyone there? And damaging us and destroying us. And it's actually the very reason why we even needed Jesus in the first place. The, the very thing that led us, the place of death led us to needing life, and yet we rummage around in it. But there are people here today where you have not experienced life with Christ yet. And you are rummaging around in death. And there is no life in it. They said to, to the ladies, he is not here, but he is risen. Yeah? He is not here. Why are we following this God? Is it because he died and he was a great saint? Is it because he did good deeds? It's because he's not in the grave. If Jesus died like everybody else, well, it's just an idol on the mantelpiece. It's just a statue. He's just another person. And why should we be worshiping any human being? Who are they above us? They're just people that were on the planet that people elevate and say, worship. Let's make them idols. Why do we worship Jesus? Why was everyone praising and worshiping God today? Because he is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee? Saying the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And the third day rise again. He did it. You missed it. Remember God said it would happen. Do you remember? He said it would happen. Do you remember? Has he done it before? Has God been a faithful God? Yeah, so if he's done it for you before, just like he did it for me, even if I don't get the job I thought I should get, can he still provide for me? 
Yes, he can. Remember that he said this would happen. Remember that he said he will never leave you nor forsake you. Remember, because we forget. We forget when we're in our pit. We're in a moment. Oh, if there was a God. Well, he said he'll never leave you or forsake you. So he's not left you. Your eyes are just not on him. He's done it. You're missing it. He's right there. You're missing it. Remember when he said, even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that he will be your shepherd and he will lead you to greener pastures. So you might be in the valley right now. You might be in in a place of death, the shadow of death, darkness, discouragement, not knowing if there's a way out. But first of all, you have a shepherd leading you out. And he's not only leading you out, he's leading you to greener pastures. He's leading you on to victory. He's leading you on to something greater than the valley that you are in. But we forget he's done it. He's doing it. We miss it. Remember when it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and he will direct your paths. I don't know what direction to go in. Oh, I think the Lord's forsaken me. Well, are you trusting in him with everything you've got? Are you leaning into him? Oh, is that, did I, yeah, mm, no. Well, how can he direct your paths then? How can you know what direction you're meant to go in with God if you're not doing what he asked you to do? If he said it, you've missed it. Trust him. Lean into him. And he will direct you. If he said it, he'll do it. He did it, church. He always has and he always will. He's not a liar. He's not a deceiver. He does not manipulate. He does not play tricks with your mind. What he says, he means. Jesus says, I will rise from the dead in three days, and they forgot. Do you know when they forgot? The minute he got arrested. They were like, ah, this isn't part of the plan. And Jesus is like, I literally was telling you about this over and over and over again. He even says, not long before, just hours before, someone in this room is going to betray me. He's telling them over and over again. They weren't listening. Why? Because just like me, they had their expectation. They thought, no, he's here to do something greater, something like this. He could never die. He's going to do great things. He's going to be this leader. He's going to lead us. He's going to take over. We're going to destroy the Romans. We're going to get rid of the Pharisees. This was the plan. And then he's hung on the cross and he dies. And they scatter and they hide. And they forget. Church, he did it. You missed it. Do not lose sight of what God is doing because your attention is on what is dead rather than what is alive. And they remembered his words and then they returned from the tomb and they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. And it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles and their words seemed to them like idle tales and they did not believe them he did it they missed it sound familiar this god concept seems so far-fetched it's all fairy tales it's a dude with a beard in the sky on a cloud throwing lightning bolts 
because he's angry at you, making life miserable. It's all fake. It's all made up. Someone made it up so that they could feel better when they die. Fairy tales, idol tales. This is what we hear. Maybe people in this room think that it's all fairy tales. I'm just here for the baptism. Hurry up and get on with it. But the reality of it is, you may believe that is fairy tales, but it ain't fairy tales. You're going to stand before him. Crazy thing is, we're not even talking about unbelievers here. We're talking about people that hung around with Jesus, heard Jesus' words, was taught by Jesus, was explained to them what would happen to Jesus by Jesus. And they were like, that doesn't sound real to me. It literally is what Jesus said he would do. Sounds like you made it up. When they arrived, they said, the tomb's empty. We've just been told he's risen. Just like he said, sounds like, sounds like fairy tales to me. What had happened had led them to doubt. Do we serve a God of the impossible? Do we serve a God of the impossible? Three people believe it. Do we serve a God of the impossible? Yeah. So, newsflash. You ready? Be ready for the impossible to happen in your life. (laughs) But, how will we handle it? That's unbelievable. This is literally what's happening in this story. This is literally what's happening in this story is, is that Jesus had died and to them that was it. Game over. Because Jesus couldn't die. Can I share? Some of you might not know this. But do you know that Jesus rose, I think, at least three counts and maybe more of, of people from the dead. When he was walking around ministering people. He brought a boy to life, he brought a girl to life, and he brought his mate, Lazarus, back to from the dead. Not that long before he went into Jerusalem. His disciples witnessed that, and then Jesus died. No, it's not possible. Anyone think human beings can be a bit stupid sometimes? Yeah, you're one, I'm one, yeah. Crazy. He did it, they missed it. Jesus is not an idle tale. He's not a fairy tale. Jesus fulfilled over 300 prophecies. Impossible for a man to do it. Impossible. But he did it. And a lot of them were after the resurrection. Some of them were after the resurrection. And witnessed by many, many people. Not just in the Bible, in history. Witnessed Jesus alive after he had died. Whatever you're being told in school when you grew up was a lie. Jesus is alive. He is alive. He is risen. But he did it and you missed it. Verse 12. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. And stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying by themselves. And he departed, marveling to himself at what had happened. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus. Um, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they taught together all of the things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained, so they did not know him. Why are they restrained? Because they don't, they're not looking for Jesus, even though Jesus said, this is where I'll be. They're focused on the problem. 
They're focused on the situation. They're focused on how impossible it might be. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another while you walk and are sad? Has anyone ever thought, you need to know that Jesus has a sense of humor, okay? So Jesus has risen from the dead. He's now walking with a couple of his disciples. And he's walking alongside. He's like, why are you so sad? And what kind of conversation are you having? (laughs) And they say, then one of them named... Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known of the things which have happened here these days? And he said to them, what things? And they said to him, you know, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, 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 carry on. He was a prophet, mighty indeed and word before God and all the people and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. I was hoping that I was going to get that job in Gardner Haskins. I was hoping God was going to do it the way I thought. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that he had also seen a vision of angels who um, said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. Then he said to them, oh foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe. And all the prophets have spoken. Jesus wasn't the only one that told them this. They read scripture that said this is what would happen. Do you want to know how incredible Jesus is and how amazing God is? Crucifixion was invented not long before Jesus came along. But crucifixion, being hung on a tree, was prophesied, yeah, prophesied before it was even invented. And that is how Jesus died. But the people that actually invented it hadn't even come into um, creation at that point. They hadn't risen up. They weren't in power on the earth. That's how incredible God is. That the crucifixion was prophesied before the invention of the thing that he was murdered on had even happened. And yet, that's exactly how he died. And it's exactly how history tells it. And not just from people that believe in Jesus, from historians that just say that's exactly what happened. And it was written thousands of years before, hundreds of years before. He did it. They missed it. He's like, it's been written this was going to happen. I told you it was going to happen. And he says, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them all the scriptures and the things concerning himself. Man, what patience. I'd be like, look, I've already preached about this. It's on YouTube. Go and find it. Jesus goes through it with them again. He says, look, this scripture and this scripture, and this is about Jesus, and this one's about Jesus, and this one's about Jesus. Jesus was walking with them. They could not see it nor believe it because they had decided the chances of Jesus being alive were impossible, so they missed it. Your faith 
If you don't believe that God can do the impossible, when he does it, you'll miss it. This room being full of people, full of people is impossible to me until God does it. And we'll miss it. We'll miss it if we don't believe that God can fill it. And here we are. Spoke about this last week. Many people didn't believe it. It was impossible. He did it. They couldn't see it. This is crazy, but they allow, we allow the situation to override our faith. Jesus has done it already. He's already done the impossible. Yeah, he's already done it. Multiple things in our lives, especially as you get older, he does more and more. And yet, we allow whatever the situation we land in to now override our faith of knowing that God has done it before and he can do it again. But also our knowledge. The knowledge that we have. They had the knowledge of Lazarus. They had that knowledge and yet they were like, it's impossible. I saw him, he died. It's over. He does it, we miss it. Do you know that Jesus holds the whole world in his hands? We've been singing it since junior school, yeah? He's got the whole world in his hands. You know the words? The whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the itty bitty babies, yeah? And it goes on. And then like the Greek granny grannies and all that kind of stuff. And everything, you can go on forever. He's got everything. You've known this since you were in junior school. He's got the whole world in his hands. Believe it? Is he in control? Does the government suck right now around the whole world? Every government, yeah? But who's the king? Amen. You can trust him. Trust that king. Don't trust the king on the throne. Don't trust the people in the government. I'm not saying they're good or bad. I'm just saying they ain't going to save you. Jesus saves you. Is he got the whole world in his hands? Then trust him. If anyone's read the Bible, you'll know it doesn't end too well. Yeah? This world doesn't end. It doesn't end well. It gets worse before it gets better. So the world is going to get worse. Things around you are going to get worse. Yeah? But is he on the throne? Make sure he's always on the throne. If he's on the throne, you'll never let these things override you. Keep him on the throne. He's got the whole world in his hands. Jehovah Jireh, he's our provider. Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Jehovah Nisei, the God who protects. Jehovah Shalom, the God who brings peace in the storm. God has got this. He's had it, he has it, and he will continue to have it. But we miss it. How many of us, knowing that he's the provider, still try and go out there and do it ourselves? How many of us, knowing he's the healer, still go around trying to find how we can get fixed, not just physically, but maybe mentally, when he's the healer? So many people come to me and say, I've had a rough week. I said, how much time you spent with Jesus? Not a lot. Well, probably that's got a good reason for why your life sucks right now. You're not coming to Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha. You're not coming to, to receive peace. You're not coming to, you feel like you're surrounded by the enemy. 
Well, there's a God who protects. He protects you. He's with you. He's surrounding you. He's holding you in his hands. You want to know why life sucks? Because Jesus is nowhere near you. You're choosing to keep him there. Oh, it's tough. Life's hard. Yeah, life is hard. Things are difficult. But really, just check. How much time have you spent with the Lord this week? How much time have you put him ahead of these other things? Because he's all these things and more. He can protect you. He can heal you. He can give you peace in the storm. It doesn't say that he will let you avoid the storm. He says you will have troubles. But if we have him, we have peace. That can't be explained by anything other than the power and the presence and the spirit of God. He is the provider. You want to know what, why life sucks? Life sucks because Jesus isn't in it. And when Jesus is in it, it's still hard, but it don't suck. Because he's there. He's with you. Every time I struggle is every time I choose to take my eyes off of God. Every time. Without fail. I never struggle if my eyes are on him, if I'm seeking him. I only struggle when I make it about me. God's got this. He did it. You missed it. Don't miss Jesus. Because what you're facing right now, God is the provider, the healer, the protector, and the comforter. Receive that instead. Choose that instead. Oh, yeah, I'm in a storm, but he's my peace. Oh, yeah, I'm suffering with physical or mental or spiritual sickness right now, but he is my healer. I feel like I'm surrounded right now and everything's coming at me all at once, but he is my protector. Oh, man, I need this. I'm lacking this. Well, he is my provider. He knows your needs and it's on its way. Turn your attention to him. He did it. Don't miss it. Verse 28. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is far spent. And they went, and he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, about four or five days before-ish, Jesus is sat at a table, breaking bread. And he's saying, this is my body broken for you. And he pours wine and he says, this is my blood shed for you. And so he gets invited around their house and he sits at the table and he says, and he takes the bread and he blesses it and he breaks it and he gives it to them. And their eyes are opened. They had a whole conversation with him on the road. Their eyes were open and they knew him. And then what does Jesus do? He vanishes. It's cheap. Where's he gone? Can you imagine it? Shift your focus or you'll miss it. Blink and you'll miss it. In this case, it wouldn't even blink. It was like, shut your eyes, walk seven miles with Jesus, have some dinner with him, and you'll still miss it. You've got to shift your focus or you'll miss it. If your eyes are on the problem... If your eyes on what's happened is on what's happened, what's happening, and it's not on him, you're going to miss him in the storm, being right there with you. 
You're going to miss him with his healing hands upon you in trying to restore you. You're going to miss him in bringing the provision because it's not the way you think. Yeah? It's not the way you think. You see, we were like, oh God, I want this. I need it to look like this. But God's like, I'm going to do it this way because that's how God works. And someone knocks on your door to provide you the thing that you need, but it's not done in the way that you wanted it to do. So you shut the door on the person's face and say, that's not the way I want it. If your eyes are shut, you're going to miss God's provision. You're going to miss what God is doing. Shift your focus. Or you'll miss it. Do you know many people have walked into a church, heard a message to choose Jesus. Not to miss it and ignored it. They've walked out of the church, got hit by a car or had a heart attack and died. Missing it. No excuses. No excuses. You're not going to be able to face God. If you got invited to church today, you, you, you're not going to be very pleased with your friends. When you have to face Jesus one day and you're going to say, but I didn't know. And they'll say, God will say, didn't you go to Hillfields on Resurrection Sunday in 2023? And someone told you not to miss it. And here you are having missed it. There's going to be no excuse for those that do not know Jesus. It's really simple. It's a simple agreement with God. Choose to believe in him and follow him. Choose to receive him as your Lord and your Savior. It's not, not complicated. It's not difficult. But Jesus says many, many will come in my name and they'll say, I did things in your name. I went to church. I, went, I did this stuff. I went every now and then at Easter. I've, I visited my friend's baptisms. And he'll say, I do not know you. That's not my words. That's his words. Can't get more cutting words than those words being said to you. Shift your focus before it's too late. Bow the knee now. The word of God says every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is Lord. If you don't confess Jesus is Lord now, you will. You would have, but you will, having missed it. Bow the knee now. Not regretting that you missed it. Not regretting that, that it's, it's, it's too late, because it will be too late. Do you know, nobody here is precious to get you into God's kingdom. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not up here being paid because there's a quota for me to fulfill every, every week or every, every year. Get these people in, otherwise you're out of a job. People haven't invited you here today because they have to. Because God says, if you don't, then I'm going to punish you. People aren't doing it. They're not, they're not telling you about their life in Jesus because, because they've, they've got, um, you know, they've got their, their truth, like Rob was talking about earlier. Or some people are like, oh, I'm really pleased that you've got that. That's, I'm really happy for you. The problem is, is the world has gone to pot. God has been removed from the school. When I was singing and he's got the whole world in his hands, some people were like, what is he on about? Because they wasn't ha didn't happen in your school. And probably because of my singing. But the reality of it is, is that actually God has been removed. You've been told your whole life you're a mistake. I was told by my parents that I wasn't planned. I was a mistake. They weren't horrible to me or anything about it. But they just said, we didn't plan you. And you messed everything up. We had plans. We had a new life. We, had new, we were going to go off and do things. And now we had to look after you. You know, I was a mistake. I wasn't planned by my parents. 
And then I went to school and school told me, oh yeah, by the way, uh, we're all here completely by accident. Yeah, and you've evolved from like a tadpole, basically, into a frog, into a fish, that fish then learned how to walk, and then, and then it became a, a something other animal that became a monkey, and, and that, that's where it stopped, because then we, just, we are just monkeys, yeah? Do you hear how crazy that sounds? Do you hear how crazy? Science, you know, you've been told your whole life that that's science. It can't be science. You know why? The very definition of science is that it can be proven. If evolution can never be proven. It can't be shown. Where's the half human, half monkeys right now? Where were they the last 2,000 years? 5,000 years? 6,000 years? They don't exist. You've been told a lie. You've been told a lie, but you've also been told, worse than that, you've been told you're a mistake. That some kind of bacteria arrived here on a meteor and turned into an elephant. That's what we're taught to believe, so that's what I believed. If you're here today, there's no condemnation. I believe the same thing as you. I was told I was a mistake, and then people that were the ed in education and government were telling me the same. I'm not, I'm not, what's the point? I got to the point in my life where I, I, I um, was impacted by a, a, a death, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. I've only ever been told that I'm here to live and to die what is the point in life? Why am I even here? And I shouted out to the air. I did not know Jesus. I just said, please, there has to be more than this. This cannot be our existence. And this is the existence you've been living for many years since you were born. Just being told you're here to live and to die. And that's it. What, maybe leave some money, some inheritance to your children, maybe? If you, if you'd look, if you look after your money? That's your legacy? You will be forgotten and you'll be in the ground and it will be over. What is the point? And Jesus says, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I was knitting you together. He says, before I even formed the universe, you were on his mind, he says. He had you on his mind before he created the universe. I'm just going to come away from my notes a minute. I just want to share something with you really quick. So, before everything got created by God, because don't forget, you think that's impossible? What's impossible? There's one planet in a whole solar system that's perfectly in the right place to sustain life. It moves slightly degrees, slightly one way, we freeze to death, slightly the other way, we burn to death. It's exactly where it needs to be for life to exist. That seems impossible unless there's a God. Yeah? So, before the, the universe is breathed into existence... The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are there, and they're discussing about creating the universe. Because God is there at the beginning, and he'll be there at the end. He's the beginning and the end of all things. He's everywhere. And they discuss, we're going to create the universe, and we're going to create a planet. And we're on that planet, we're going to have life. We're going to bring animals and trees and nature, all the things that we see, that we love. And he says, let's make human beings. Let's make them in our image, but we have to make them with the option to choose a relationship. We want to create them, but they have, we want to create them so they can have a relationship with us so that you can get the full benefit of them, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Because they're like, man, 
Can you imagine if we create somebody to feel the benefit of who we are? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then they can see the beginning and the end, yeah? But they see the end. And they realize that if they create us, human beings, that we are going to break it. Because they're going to have to give us a choice. God is a perfect, holy God. And he says, he says, okay, we're going to create them, but they have to have a choice. But if they choose to do the other thing, it will break our relationship. And that thing that they do is called sin, disobedience to God. And when sin comes in, there's then a barrier between a perfect God and a sinful creation. And I'd love to tell you that God created human beings and we managed to make it work for a while. But on the first try, we messed it up. God said, look, you have to choose to want to be in a relationship with me. You're not robots. I can't make you. Hence why I'm not up here trying to make anyone do anything. But one day, if you give your life to Jesus, you will thank me for sharing this message today. Because you will face God. You will face judgment. And so Jesus, they look at it and they say, well, if we create this creation, they're going to mess it up. They're going to break the world. Sin is going to enter the whole world and it's going to go really badly wrong. And the only way for it to be reconciled is for somebody perfect to take the place of this imperfect creation to restore the relationship with God. So before we are even breathed into existence, before the universe is even created, Jesus volunteers. and says, let's do it. Let's do it. He chose to create this earth. He spoke this world into existence. He said, let that be light. Yeah, he, he spoke it into existence. He spoke that knowing that he would have to come down and die a horrific death in order for you to be reconciled with him. He created you knowing that the creation, us, was going to kill him. That's love. That is love. You are worth it. You want to be told that you're a mistake? You want to live on that? You're, it's, you're not a mistake. God planned you knowing that we were going to mess up. He planned you to give you a purpose. And that purpose is to have a relationship with God. And not only that, that he would pour purposes into you in that relationship. We aren't here pressuring you in to following Jesus. I'm okay. If I die right now and drop dead on this stage, I'm going to be with my Lord and Savior because I have a hope. I have a hope to know that he has saved me and he has given me eternal life. I don't get commission. I don't get points with God. Stop looking at Christians when they're talking to you and trying to kind of lead you. They're trying to save your life. And I'm up here today trying to save your life. Don't miss him. He's knocking right now on your heart. What is there in life? If you don't know Jesus, you are just being told that you have to get up, go to work, Maybe you have drink, because that's sometimes how we can deal with some stuff. No condemnation in that. That's how we deal with some stuff. We get to a weekend, and we think, oh, wow, can kick back for two days. 
maybe more drinks involved. We go to work on a Monday with a hangover, repeat. Now and then we go on a holiday, which you had to save up the whole year for or get in debt to go on holiday because that's what you need to do. And that's your life for 40 years. Then you retire, if you get that far, and then you go on holiday more. What life is that? What life is that? If you're working right now, what are you working hard for? What are you working towards? If it isn't in the plans and the purposes that God has for you, you are just surviving. You are here Monday to Sunday, just surviving, and then Monday comes along again, and you start the cycle all over again. Don't survive anymore. Don't miss it. He's right here, right now, saying he wants to come into your life, and he wants to give you purpose. Because he knew you before he even breathed you into existence. And he knew you, and he knew that he has a plan, and he has a purpose for you. You just have to receive it. Your life, you might have done terrible things. You might have done things that are so bad. You're like, how can, how can God, a loving God, even come and, 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 and receive me? Well, I shared about this on, on um, Friday. The first person to enter into heaven after Jesus' death is the thief on the cross. And he did nothing to earn God's love. All he did was acknowledge that Jesus was Lord. And he made a decision that he was turning from his old life, even though he actually was never going to have the chance to prove it because he was going to be dead in a few minutes. And he's the first walking into heaven. Can you believe that? The worst of the worst. You think Jesus died on the cross. He's, he's made a way for people to walk into heaven and to come to him. If they believe in him, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that he rose from the dead, if you do that, then you will be saved, yeah? Those that call on the name of Jesus will be saved, yeah? Like, like, and, you, and you can imagine thinking, well, who's the first one that's going to get to enter into heaven? Who's it going to be? It must be a great man of God, amazing woman of God. It has to be. And it's the, the robber that was on the cross stumbling and going, what, what has happened? That's our God. He doesn't pick the best of the best. He takes those that everyone else dismissed. Everyone else said you wouldn't make it. The ones that people said you were a mistake. And he raises them up and he gives them life. And he said to one another, did not our heart burn with us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scripture to us? So they rose at that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven. And those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. And they told about these things that had happened on the road, and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Right now, some people will be hoping for me to shut up so they can see baptisms, and then they can go home. But there are people here right now whose heart is burning, because the word has been spoken. Jesus is here. And he's knocking on your heart. The Holy Spirit is moving in you right now. And you know it's time to stop missing out on him. If that's you, we're going to make a moment shortly for you to choose 
to stop missing him and to accept him. Do not be afraid. Embrace what the Holy Spirit is doing right now in you. It's just the Holy Spirit. This is a safe place. I've been there. My heart was burning when I heard the word. God was working in me. And he's working in you right now. And he's calling to you. Verse 36. Now as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them. And he said to them, peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened. And suppose they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do you doubt? Arise in your hearts. Behold my hands and my feet. That it is I myself. Handle me. And see, for the spirit does not have flesh and bones as you have, as you see I have. And when he said this, he showed them his hands, his feet. But while they did, still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, have you any food? So they got, gave him um, a piece of board, broiled fish and some honeycomb. And he took and he ate in their presence. Even when Jesus was with them, they still doubted. Even when he showed them the holes in his hands and his feet, they weren't sure. Jesus said what, did what he said he would do. He conquered death. He became the blood sacrifice to take, you, take your place. And he did it. He did what he said he would do. And they missed it. Bit of music going on in the background. Uh, Rob, if you'd like to come up on the keys, thanks. Jesus had conquered death. Jesus had did, done what he said he would do. Jesus had died on the cross to take your place. And they had missed it. They had missed it. People are getting in that pool today. Because they're choosing Jesus and they're choosing resurrection power. They're choosing Jesus and they're going to choose to have that resurrection power inside of them. Jesus says the same power that rose, rose or the, someone says the same power that rose Jesus from the grave, Paul, he says it now lives in you. If you're here and you're a believer, the resurrection power is in you. Amen. And these guys that are going to get in the pool are going to be choosing to take hold of that resurrection power and they're going to choose to leave their dead life behind and they're going to choose to rise again a new creation in the Lord. The old will be left in the water and new life will be born. The power of sin and death will lose its power. Are you thankful the power of sin and death has lost its power over you? I am. And these people that are going to get baptized shortly, they have chosen not to miss it. They're acknowledging that Jesus has done it. Do not miss it. If you're here right now and you're thinking, man, I only came here to see my friend get baptized or I was only visiting because it's the Easter service and that's what I do every year. But you've just heard a message telling you not to miss it. Please, I urge you, do not miss him. Do not miss him. 
He's calling out to you. He loves you. He's with you right now. He's pounding on your heart and your heart may be burning. Your stomach may be fluttering. But that is God saying, come on, it's time. Can we all stand, please? We're just going to pray. And I want to give people an opportunity not to miss Jesus. And to accept Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. Even the people closest to him missed him. Don't miss him. We're all going to face him. And we're all going to bow the knee. And we're all going to confess that Jesus is Lord. But please do it knowing that he is Lord of your life. And has been Lord of your life. Not having missed it. Because your pride got the better of you. Your sin, choosing that you wanted to stay doing what you're doing a little bit longer. Well, our lives are fragile. We don't, God numbers our days. We do not know how long we have left. If you are not right with God today, you do not know if there is a tomorrow. And just like the thief on the cross, he didn't deserve it. He came in last minute. But that is the gospel. God's grace. And God has grace over you right now. And he's saying, come home, come home, come to me. Start a new life in me. Start afresh in me. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. So I'm going to pray a prayer. Don't miss it. Today's a chance to start a journey with Jesus. So I'm going to pray this prayer out. The congregation are going to pray it after. And if you're praying this for the first time, you pray with them that you would receive Jesus into your life and into your heart. And what a day to do it. Resurrection. The day that you get to be resurrected, start new life in Jesus. Okay. Please pray with me. Father God, please forgive me for ignoring you and doing things my way. I choose today to turn from my old way of living and I now want to live a life following your Bible. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me on the cross and defeating death that I can have eternal life. I call on your name and I ask, please come into my life that I would be saved. And Holy Spirit, I ask, will you come and fill me that I will never be the same again. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to count to three. I want you to do something really brave. When I get to three, will you just put your hand in the air? One, two, three. Just put your hand in the air. Amen. 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 If you feel like you've been, amen. If you feel like you haven't been walking with God the way you should, and you want to come back to him, it's the same for you. If you prayed that prayer, I want to come back to Jesus. Just keep your hand in the air for me if you prayed that prayer. And so someone's just going to come and bring, bring a bag over to you just with a Bible in it and just, just explain a little bit more about that decision. Praise God. Resurrection Sunday. People have been resurrected in the kingdom of God because they don't want to miss it. And it's only going to be our pride that stops us. It's only going to be our pride and our stubbornness that stops us. Our choice to want to do the things that we want to do over the things that God wants us to do thinking that we're missing out when we come to God when really it's everything to gain so I pray for anyone in this room if pride has gotten the better of you I pray that by the end of today you will still come and grab someone speak to someone and just say no I, I should have done it I didn't 
but please do that. Do not leave this place having not started that journey with Jesus. Just keep that hand high if anyone's come up to you and we'll come pray. Yeah, let's clap. Let's praise God for these salvations today. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for new life. Thank you, Jesus, for new life.